There are some things in this world that cannot be explained. Things that go bump in the night. We call these things horrifying. And that's what we're talking about today on this episode of Tabletopped. Horror, how to run it, what does it mean, how to get a campaign that really spooks your players out. I have two of my great friends here to talk about this subject, Greg and Sean, both who are horror aficionados. And guys, this episode is just incredible. I'm so excited for you to hear it. As always, please help us make this podcast a continual fun project for everyone by liking, subscribing, and sharing with friends. It really helps, so even if you do it just one time, uh, I will know, and I will uh, remove the curse that I've placed on your family. So, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this horrifying episode of Tabletop. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Tabletops. Today, we are talking about horror, the spooky, the scary, and the Halloween towns in which we experience those things. Yes. Uh, so, who do I have with me today? I, I, as always, I'm Nick, and who's across the table? <laughs> Hello, it's Greg. How's it going? Uh, hi, it's Sean. I'm also here today. Cool. And both of you, uh, I know, like, Greg, you basically watch horror movies to relax, if I understand correctly, yes? Yeah, pretty much, you know, when I'm looking uh, and listening to podcasts, it's one of those things where it's like, man, the world's a pretty dark place. There's all these <laughs> horrible things happening to people. How should I relax? And I have fallen asleep with earbuds with, like, people running fr- away and screaming in the forest from some terrifying monstrosity. I don't know. It lulls me. <laughs> and, and Sean, you, I know, we have a, a Discord which, where we all talk. And uh, once I was like, yeah, guys, I need, like, a, a scary movie to watch with some friends. Like, any advice? And you sent one. I was like, oh, let me look this up. And it was literally, like, everything I saw was like, this is the scariest movie you will ever see. Please do not watch this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I have been a fan of the horror genre for a long time. Uh, there is a, uh, I used to fancy myself a horror writer. There, there's a whole memory I could, I could, uh, relate. I, I shouldn't, but. <laughs> Great. No, no. <laughs> Fair enough. No, no. It, 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 back, back in school when I was a kid, there was story time and everybody knew I liked to write horror stories. And, um, it was around Halloween and I was late. I'd missed a bus that day. And so when I got to school, everybody was sitting around in a circle, yeah. like, you know, sharing stories and everything. And then I walked in and everybody started clapping because they really wanted to hear all the crazy shit that I'd written. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, and okay. they thought that I was going to miss that day. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> um, horror so, is fun. <laughs> so, I mean, from just those little bits, you can tell that I've gathered the, the greatest, the best, the horror aficionados I know to talk to us about how to both run horror, uh, the elements of horror, and also being in a horror campaign, what that means and what that feels like. So I've run a horror campaign. Uh, Sean, I've been in one of your horror one-shots. Greg, I've just like heard all of the wild stuff that, <laughs> that you've kind of been a part of. Um, so what do you think makes, uh, like what are the elements, the, the tripod on which a, a horror campaign or story stands? What do you guys feel like has to be in there? It doesn't have to be like this monster, but like what, 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 do, you, what do you think of when we think of a horror campaign? Well, I, I, I think uh, to start, it has to be fun. Like mm. uh, horror is at its base something that uh, that makes us very tense, and the yeah. the amount of joy we get from that tension is that tension being released. You right. know, when uh, when you know that it's not you that's being eaten uh, by the monster in the closet. When you know that um, the person, the character, you're really like, oh, they're actually safe, they're fine. You know that uh, that that tense buildup. So. Uh, fun, first of all, and probably tension second, or maybe I should switch that because you have to have... <laughs> Got to make the tension. You got to make the tension it. to have the... But, but like, the, I'd say tension. Yeah. Yeah, uh, probably. Uh, what about you, Greg? Um, you know, it's... There's a couple... I, I agree with you when it comes to, like, releasing tension, making things fun and scary, because, I you know, we joke about how, like, you know, I, I use horror to relax and stuff like that, but um, on the other hand... It, it is kind of a thing where it's like you're 
There, there have been studies. Don't ask me what. I, I have no <laughs> studies. studies. I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But one, one of these, one of the, there's a theory out there where it's like when you're watching like a, a horror movie or something like that, even though you are tense and you are scared, there is a part of your brain that is realizing like, okay, that shark is not going to be coming towards right. me, and that's fun. I would also say like one of the great, if you're trying to like actually scare somebody i also think one of the awesome things is a little bit of ambiguity in the beginning because there is a lot of until you eventually reveal it i mean there's also so many different types of genre uh horror genres but for me what i love is is like when you're facing a threat you don't know what that threat is in the Mm, beginning you have to uncover it bit by bit and the more you find out the more it dawns on you, like, oh crap, this is this is not good. Yeah, this is why Monster of the Week is the best horror campaign you can run. <laughs> I yeah. want to play it. I, I, One I, of these I days. Can't wait. Uh, but yeah, that that encroaching dread that just keeps building, and uh, and then uh, you you find little little pieces, little clues, you know, yeah. little things happen in a in sort of a scary way that that just build the mystery and the suspense and the terror. Yeah, uh, slowly grows. As things are uncovered, so you'd think uh, it would be less frightening as you're solving the puzzle, but it's just it's not. It's yeah. it's worse somehow. Yeah, yeah, the the thing for me about horror is um, that I think that horror and knowledge are so intertwined. Where if you know what's in the forest and you know what its like weaknesses or you know how it works, there is a sense that of like relief then becomes more of a planning thing of like how do I get through this minefield? But the thing about a minefield is that it's really scary when you don't know where the mines are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I yeah. do feel like I agree with that a lot. Both of your sentiments of like start with. And I think a lot of campaigns kind of in most systems start you off with this pretty well where you're like a low level. You don't you don't know anything. You're not you're not super strong. You're not you know, whatever. You just have to sort of figure it out as as, um, you go. Daniel hates uh, this is our uh, (laughs) our podcast moment where we blast Daniel. But um, Daniel hates that sometimes like I do have a trope in a lot of my campaigns about memory because I think it's so fascinating how like the stories we tell ourselves can be so uh, subjective. But a lot of times I like strip away characters memory in, in certain moments so that I can let them be closer to the players that they are so that they can have around the same amount of knowledge. Daniel hates it. He hates it so much. He's like, I what what like what is this? Where I would know this. I'm like, no, you don't remember. And he's like, fuck that. I, I remember this. There's been there, there's been there's been this homebrewed monster or something that's been going around the internet. I think called like the false Hydra. Oh my god, uh, yeah, yeah, very where, cool. And I just and you know I was reading it like one Christmas morning because. Jesus, Greg, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. I don't know. Also, don't don't listen to this, Maggie, please. Um, anyway, so suffice to say, you know, this was before everybody was asleep, but uh, suffice to say what the thing is, is like the false hydra, what, what's a cool monster about this is that it's a monster that when it eats its victims, everybody who knew the victim forgets about who they were, essentially. So, you know, there's like, you'll find like, so, you know, they're like if a player characters are uh, going around and they come across this like village or something like this and they encounter like a woman and she's like, hi, I'm there. And it's like, huh, you know, just like this single woman living here. It's like you, yeah. you have a very big house and there's a lot of male clothes in like yeah. this closet. And they'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then they'll start weeping uncontrollably and they won't know why. And yeah, then, it's really cool. And that, it's, because I was reading about it too. And it's sort of like there's an area of influence that the Hydra kind of affects. And it also is like you see it. And then it, like, makes you forget it. Yeah. And so it's just, like, something that is just gnawing at the back of your player's mind. So it's a really cool thing that you can, like, drop into, hey, you've been in this village for a while, and, like, what do you guys want to do? And then you can start bringing in some stuff of, like, things are fucked up here. Why are things so fucked up? You've been here for a month. Nothing bad has happened. (laughs) And then you lead them into the thing. It's really cool. I love that monster. Yeah, and the best part about it is is that what I love where the clues come from is that it's not, like, a perfect forget. Like, it's not a blank thing. Like, it makes the... 
the the consciousness of the person forgets like the victim right. but the subconscious is not fooled yeah. so sometimes they'll be like writing you a letter and it'll be if you're like you get a letter from a friend it's like hi everything's going good good i miss you it ate him i saw him ate it i can't <laughs> yeah. don't know why and then it's like i hope to see you too Ooh, love you bye and it's just like oh, <laughs> oh this is bad <laughs> well this is actually something that i think is so important in horror is so I, I talked about it in a previous episode, but there is this theory that I read somewhere that horror is just taking the comfortable and altering it enough that your your mind recognizes it, but uh, it's like um, uh, Uncanny Valley. Where yeah, just yeah. Like, oh, where it's just a little uneasy. Yeah. yeah, and that's the sort of thing that I'm – like I'm not super into slashers. I'm not super into like you're just being chased all the time because they're – Especially in a role-playing game, you can't make that yeah. feel scary. <laughs> no, it's just like, well, we've got stuff. We can just fight him. I'll cast Fireball. That didn't work. We'll, we'll hide and we'll try something else. Yeah. But it's it's hard because the other – so a slasher doesn't work quite as well in a campaign too because you're not the, – the reason a slasher movie works is because the characters are being picked off. But you can't mm-hmm. just keep picking off characters yeah. in your party. Because that makes for a very short... Yeah, period. they kind of have to survive unless you're playing a very specific <laughs> yes. type of campaign. Yeah, it's one... Well, you know, with a slash... And also when it comes to the level of threat and stuff like that, too. Like, Jason Voorhees going after a bunch of, like, college teenagers who have no idea what they're doing. You know, they... Uh, that That's not going to... It's not going to end well for the poor teenagers. But, you know, a slasher person coming after, like, say, our D&D campaign, not to brag, but we'd <laughs> probably obliterate them. Yeah. It's... There's a power creep. There's a power <laughs> creep. There's definitely... And it's one of those things where um i think a power creep by the way would be a great monster <laughs> that's amazing named a power Name creep yeah, yeah put it in there <laughs> i think like and just to shamelessly uh and going back to the whole like idea of the uncanny valley and the things like that um to shamelessly steal from stephen king um he like categorized i think um horror into like three different groups there's like revulsion where Mm. you're seeing something and it's like blood and guts and that's gross and stuff and it's like ew and hacksaws and things and that's the lowest form there's terror that primal fear that you are being hunted by something i feel like that's the difference between like uh jason and michael myers where it's definitely more of a you don't know where the killer is and then there's dread where it's like that's the worst one because you go into your house you see your family and they're smiling and they're fine. And you don't know why, but you know in your heart that that is not your family. That is like some replacement. Maybe the smile's a little too yeah. big. Maybe there's like a different color and it's just, it messes with you. And Yeah, I, I mean, so it's it's so hard to get the first two really yeah. in a tabletop game. Some systems you can. Again, yeah. Monster of the Week's fucking the best. <laughs> it's just so quick tempo-wise that you can have those chase sequences and make them feel like dynamic and it's moving really quick. But if you're like, and like the monster takes out its hacksaw, it's dripping with blood and it lunges at you. Everyone roll for initiative, please. Sorry, what was your initiative? Okay, and you? No, sorry. Roll for initiative. <laughs> Wait, you have an advantage? Okay, roll with advantage. It's like yeah. totally yeah. fucking kills the yeah. tempo. Yeah. And it's really hard. So when you're, for me, in like some of the slower systems, the way you get the fear is everything except for combat. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and the combat, I think going back to your point, Sean, is the release of that. Is like the pleasurable, like, we're overcoming it. We're overcoming yeah. it. There's finally <laughs> we get a chance to fight this thing. Yeah. Uh, I- it's just um sorry Sean I just it's just the thing about like the like when the monster finally gets revealed it's like it's the old saying of oh god it's a it's a giant praying mantis it's like it's uh you know it's it's terrifying but it's not too bad because yeah. it's it's six feet tall I thought it could have been eight feet tall and it's yeah. just like so <laughs> yeah this could be way worse this could have been way worse well it was like uh, it was like when uh when the creature from it turned out to be a giant spider and you're oh, just like god uh, yeah that's it way worse when it's a clown yeah honestly. the clown it's that just clown. randomly turned into stuff was so scary and yeah. dreadful and then the spider's like oh you just burn it or something right yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> take a nap get a napkin that's, yeah need a just giant squish it. napkin okay guys giant... obviously we need a giant boot a giant <laughs> imagine a giant boot uh yeah though i don't anyway off of that it, but it, it's sort of the ghostbusters thing too it's like i like when the giant marshmallow man right. comes. <laughs> that was amazing that was uh classic yeah great i think one of my favorite when it comes to like like and also dread and stuff like that is that also when it comes to the level of ambiguity in the uncanny valley is that it also i think for 
especially a D&D game, is when you make the players doubt themselves. Because mm. if you are doing something and then it's like, oh, no, this is fine, or maybe you're wrong. Um, if you've ever watched the like, movie uh, uh, The Innocence, um, which is based off of the turn of screw, it's, it's essentially about this woman who is taking care of, like, two kids in the middle of this, like, house. And she is becoming convinced that the previous caretaker is, like, haunting these children. And is doing because they're, they're saying, admittedly, these kids are saying some really creepy things. Yeah, right. And it's, and it's spooky <laughs> and it's disturbing. But also, it, it never commits to it, which is great because it's kind of like... Uh, Kids are, um, because, you know, if you've ever met, like, kids, kids sometimes say creepy things. So one of two things is... only say creepy things. Yeah, they do. (laughs) And it's sometimes totally (laughs) normal. They they do. It's really messed up. But it's one of those things where it's like, one of two things is happening. Either this woman is seeing ghosts, and that's scary, or this woman is losing her mind, and these two children are in in a house with a woman who is possibly dangerous to them and yeah either side is terrifying and it's like yeah. if you can make like a character like think like okay this is a monster but what if they're not what if you could be hurting somebody who does not deserve it and it's just like oh god i just feel uncomfortable thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> what, are the, what do you think are some of the good ways to like get uh that unease built into a campaign from like the get-go Ooh, that's a good question. Narration. <laughs> well, I, mean, I like no, I, I, I like that's sort of a joke, but also not. That I think that um, in TTRPGs specifically, as a medium, the the narrator voice is like so powerful. When you think about a puzzle, and you're like, you walk into a room, and there's a table and a fireplace. And a very strange portrait on the wall. <laughs> it's like everyone's yeah. like, okay, we go check out, we'll the, check portrait. out the portrait. Yeah. So I think that the narrator voice, it like, is your biggest tool in setting the tone. Not so much in like, because as it goes on and you have less narration power because the characters are because start. they have their own exactly. Yeah. 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 Then, but like when you're setting it up from the jump, like I always write out my first narrative so that oh, like yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah well, that, uh, that is that is one of my favorite things to do in a um. Uh, especially, well, especially in a short story, uh, or not, not a short story, um, in a, in a one shot, uh, campaign is like to, to build sets and then, and then release them into it, uh, and see how they, they work around it. And yeah, the narration is, is, is key. But that, but that's such a good point too, of like building the sets and then like the sandbox is that in horror a lot of it is discovery like greg was saying earlier and just having a like a box with just a ton of stuff in it and you can just keep feeding them stuff that will either drive them towards something that makes them uneasy or can drive them towards danger or in like other times you can give them clues and hope and stuff like that like hey a door unlocks yeah (laughs) like oh that's great we let's go through the door guys (laughs) great idea just Uh, one door not well, a trap. It, it's also, uh, if you're pulling things out of this box, like, make some of them tropey. Yeah. Right? Because tropes are there for a reason. They're good. It's way better than a jump scare. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and you really can't do a jump scare. You can't Again, do... You're limited in your options of how you yeah, antagonize your players. It's, it's like you're, uh, you're not reading scary stories to tell in the dark, and you get to, like, the very end. It's like, and it was a ghost! Yeah. You know, uh, it's 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 more... It, no, it's, it's pretty impossible uh, to, do a, to do a jump scare in TTRPG, but, like, the tropes that build that initial threat. I remember when I was doing the um, the the horror one shot with with uh, yeah, Devashka house. Yeah, the Devashka yeah. house, and I had the so um, I missed that. <laughs> like everybody walked through. Like the house was old, and there was a cemetery, and like there uh, had the the wrought iron gates, and uh, you know, and you you walk into the foyer, and there's like the paintings, and they look strange when you look at them, but they. They're not quite normal. They're weird settings. It's like, like that's a weird thing to have in the foyer. Yeah, like, it's like, the sort of thing of like you can't put your finger on it. Yeah, but something's weird. <laughs> and, then, and then you know, of course, there's you, know, you you get inside and there's the um, the two giant uh, suits of armor, and everybody was instantly like, "Oh, we're knocking those suits of armor down." Yeah, yeah. we just <laughs> take these down. They're not going to attack yeah. us. Yeah, and there was no plan for the armor yeah. at all. That was just a setting. Uh, but and, the yeah. fact that you guys were thinking, oh yeah. my God, we're going to be attacked. Something is off about this house. These suits of armor are after us. That's actually a really interesting a sort of like mental psychology of gamers too, where 
because we were sitting down on Halloween to play like this game, and so we're all like, something fucking scary is gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. And so you can use that to your advantage too if you're like a smart DM. You can go in and say like you did and be like, there's like se- seven foot suits of iron with thick metal and like a bloody like axe or whatever. And then everyone's like, fuck, dude, they, <laughs> they, they are coming alive. We are gonna have to deal with them. We like, and then we probably also felt like, oh, we're the smartest fucking people <laughs> in the world for taking them apart. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I want to take it back. Um, there was one uh, jump scare that I managed to do, sort of. Yeah. yeah like it was an in-character jump scare. I don't think anybody at the table went, "Oh no!" Yeah. Sure. But uh, <laughs> oh my I'd be, god! I'd but be there, impressed. There was like a there was like a locked door that was like damp and oh, like yeah. seepy and like moldy, and then somebody opened it and like some water and like a, a mop fell out. Mm-hmm. And it was just like one of those. Oh, and it's just a mop. <laughs> yeah, <Okay. laughs> which is great. There's like, love it. I think I feel you did in that moment, and what DMs should really consider throughout any campaign they run, but also in horror, is how are you rewarding your characters for playing the genre? So in that, like you said, it was a character jump scare, and you were rewarding the 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 player for being like, okay. I'm going to do this thing that is, like you said, like kind of a trope. It's something that is expected in some horror movies and stuff where there's something weird about this. I'm going to open this door and they're willing to accept the consequences of there's that something, action. There's something behind that door. Yeah, and yeah. then you are rewarding them with like, like, hey, you thought you were going to get hurt? You're not going to get hurt. And like you have this fun character moment of like a mop falling out. Yeah, and then like, all the characters like, guy. Oh, and everyone's like, oh my God, I thought it was going to be a thing. <laughs> Uh, Which yeah. is great. It's very smart. You're not rolling for initiative. You're just you know roll for rolling mop. on roll for mop. Laughing. <laughs> yeah, mop has it out for you. <laughs> and so th- this is actually really interesting. In um, my Monster of the Week campaign, there was an encounter that was within a greater mystery, and all the mysteries are sort of set up as a horror thing, but it's like monster based. In this, this specific one was that they were in this abandoned paper mill. And uh, they went into the foreman's old office because it had been abandoned for years. And they found, they like looked up on the wall and there was like this old photograph of everyone like kind of like looking at the camera and they were all the workers of the mill. And as soon as they walked into the office and they looked at it, they like heard all of the machines start. And then they looked back and they heard all of the people like talking in the mill and they looked back at the picture and everyone was gone from the the picture oh so then it was like God. fuck and then they found like all of these like weird newspaper things of like oh the foreman killed everybody in the mill <laughs> and then they heard some like a like a foreman's whistle and then somebody just starting to walk towards the office and so I was like this is never a monster encounter they're never gonna fight this guy yeah but they have a time crunch of like we need to figure out whatever yeah. the fuck is up with this room because there is someone with a axe as that we've heard just like we found out has killed all these people in the past and like this ghost is just coming for us and they were like reliving this moment of terror and it was like a really fun moment and like you said it was like I don't think any of the players were like like oh my god I'm gonna die but they were like ah we have to figure this yeah. out right now <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it's that it's building that tension and that suspense and it's, yeah. that's what you want uh, so you can get that release like oh when it's over <laughs> yeah. yeah no that is just oh, man that is ingenious Nick, <laughs> Nick you Devious, devious bastard. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a game that uh, that Franco, who has been on the podcast uh, yeah. and is in our D and D group, uh, I I think he hates betrayal. Uh, <laughs> I'm yes. pretty sure he hates yes. it. But well, I love that game. I, love I, do it. Too. I own so it by good. the way. If you want to yeah, play, it's, yeah, it's we're playing. I, I, can't right now. I can um, never find anyone to play. I love it. I yeah. love, love that game. One of the things I love about that game is because you're a group of dumb kids and a professor yeah. or whatever, whoever you are. <laughs> you're the Scooby game, and and you're going to this house because of some stupid reason and there's all these creepy things that happen and that's before the haunt starts yes and then the haunt starts and that can that's be sort of brilliant yeah as an archetype as, yeah yeah as uh in your in your ttrpg setting where you know all these creepy things happen but the haunt hasn't started yet yes and then something happens and now you're actually in danger and here's the mystery you have to solve and yeah. here's how you have to get out mm-hmm. and here's the scary thing at the end that you have to uh fight or run away from or destroy the factory or whatever it is yeah oh yeah yeah i think that that's really interesting of like building in small events that are not going to solve the problem that they're in but they are things to be dealt with or or at the very least experienced. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like uh and just creepy things. The um uh, I remember you guys walked into the, the dining room uh and there was like um like rotting food uh but like uh, a a 
platter of uh, silver platter that just had a bunch of black flies on it. And everyone yeah. thought the platter was like, what's up with the platter? It's like, no, it just got a bunch of black flies on it. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. gross. <laughs> and you wave them away and they go, oh, and they come back to the platter. And yeah. it's just a weird, gross, creepy thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's also horror is a genre that is rife for improv as well because if you have if something strikes you in a moment especially if your characters are like this is happening this is happening i think that we have to try this and this and this you can use all of that information and create a lot of those what you're saying oh, either false flags or false just like flags, weird or just, stuff or just take their ideas like oh this is freaking them out make yeah. them a little bit right and then make it a little bit wrong too mm-hmm. uh yeah. Well, it's I going back to what you were talking about um, about using tropes. I one of the great things about it is is that you are using the tropes against them because yeah. let's be honest, we're a lot of us in this group are horror like nerds, and we have you know we are always complaining about like when people or victims or would-be victims are doing stupid stuff in the movies and it's like <laughs> i would know how to handle that but you knowing your friends are like yes i i know how you would handle that yeah. so <laughs> let's play this about like the armor thing where it's like okay you they're they're tense they think that they know this and it's like it, it's it's like the armor is just distracting them from the thing that's slithering up the ceiling or yeah, something yeah. like that it's just you know it's it it's one of those you t- your care your players are going to be smart Usually, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But sometimes, sometimes even I mean, if the characters aren't, usually yeah. your players are playing at yeah. the top of their yeah. intelligence, and you just have to be aware of that. Yeah, right? it's like use and use that against them because it's just because I know that you know I I am like uh, I'm going to stop all this stuff from happening. Oh man, I missed that one thing. It's bad. <laughs> so, um, and just it just causes more tension because it's like okay, this is this threat's gone, but where is it then? Yeah, uh, I mean, you don't know if uh, if that drip from the ceiling is just a drippy, leaky roof, or if it's the drool from a xenomorph. You don't know yeah. until you look up. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst part. <laughs> Speaking of the worst part, we're just going to take a quick break, and we will be right back after this. Tabletopped is brought to you by the following sponsor. Are you looking for something comfortable to wear and keep your brain warm while playing tabletop games? Daily Dose of Yarn makes handmade, customized beanies for all of your style and comfort needs. She can even help you with a custom beanie to represent your favorite character. Check out Daily Dose of Yarn on Instagram and Etsy to order your new favorite beanie today. How do you guys try to stop the analysis paralysis that comes with smart players or, I mean, whatever players <laughs> that are trying to figure <laughs> out. Yeah, who are wary and are trying to figure out something that's happening while going through it. Because, like, I think we've all experienced a thing where, like, this weird thing is happening. You're all in the room together and everyone just starts going, okay, what spells do we have? Or what what are we, we going to try to do here? Let's game plan this. And it's not so much in character. It's more like how we got to survive this encounter or whatever it is. And it kind of... For me, tempo is so important, and so it slows it's, things it down. It does slow things down. Yeah. Um, you've got to light a fire on them. You've got to have something that the the clock is ticking down, uh, and you can just interrupt them as a DM and say, all right, guys, well, this is this is all well and good, but what do you want to do because the walls are closing in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done I've done this to you guys in Westwood a few times <laughs> where you guys will be, like, talking, and I'll be like, somebody across the room just punches one of you or something like that like just instigates something because it's just taking like a second that i'm like hey the world is continuing without you and it's just a a reminder it's not trying to punish anyone it is just like hey as a reminder the clock is continuing to move the world is going on and you guys if you can choose to stay there and do this but like you are slow like you are slowly distancing yourself from the current pace of events right yeah. uh, like a distant scream yeah you hear a distant scream and you're like oh uh, it's like, oh fuck yeah <laughs> the uh, yeah there no there's a lot of ways um i think that you sean you had mentioned in your previous in under the bed like this uh what, what was it again the um the, the bone claw the bone claw ah, one of the, the bone the claw. bone claw like one of the things i liked about the idea is like it's you know killing it doesn't necessarily stop it it comes back like having like a persistent like force that's coming mm. towards you and the longer the longer you take the closer this thing gets to you it's yeah like, yeah it's, there is something to be said for that because like uh, have you guys ever played the Amnesia games or like watched them or are generally aware of them? Yeah. <laughs> They're sort of a game in which 
Um, it's it's just sort of like a, a game where the monsters are hyper deadly and you really can't fight them. Mm-hmm. So anytime you're seen by them or it, it basically you fuck up the game somehow, you ha- just have to run and hide because yeah. they're just going to get you if they get close. Yep. And so the I think the reason why that was so scary to so many people is it takes agency and power away from you. And I think that that is really important too. And like the thing about the bone claw, which I find really interesting and I've always thought I've wanted to run a monster like this is that it is taking away your agency as a person who can protect themselves. Because even if you do successfully do it, it comes back. Like the thing that I've always wanted to do is make, um, I love ghosts, so it would probably be a ghost, but uh, a monster where if you kill it, it comes back with double the hit points. And every time you kill it, it actually gets worse. And so you're actually encouraged not to fight this thing because you're making it the problem worse every time. That's um, great. And then you have to figure out the overall plot of it, you know? Yeah. 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 Shoot. I was, uh, I don't want to go back to the bone claw, but I have to. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, it was, uh, uh, I, I meant to use it at different points. Um, in the Davachi house, because it was the uh, the the boss at the yeah. end. Although now that I'm thinking about it, you never went and found the person who owned the phylactery, so that's gonna have to circle back at some point. <laughs> but uh, I meant to use it because it can grab you from the dark, and I meant to just have it do that sometimes yeah. before you encountered it. Yeah, you know, and and it wouldn't grab anybody and like do any damage. It would just like I was just like uh, make a dexterity saving throw, and you'd be like, why? Like, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> just just, just, just <laughs> shut up, nerd. Just do it. <laughs> No particular uh, reason. Nothing's coming at you from the dark at yeah. all to eviscerate you. And then you, you <laughs> but then you, uh, like, all right, you made your dexterity saving throw, and you, you don't want to actually grab the person, so no. you pick somebody with a high dex. Yeah. You just roll, and you're like, uh, okay, Bill, uh, make a dexterity saving throw, and Bill's a rogue, and he makes a dexterity saving <laughs> throw. And he's like, all right, you see something coming out of the shadows to grab you, but you dodge out of the way, and it vanishes. Yeah. And that and just feels like, well, what, what was what? that? You're like, well, you, we don't know. <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. I think. Um, that's also important is the the slow drip of what they are dealing with has to also come out. Like you can't just be like, and then a big monster runs on the thing at you. Um, unless that is your version of a slow drip. <laughs> I mean, that's terrifying. But yeah. um, like one thing that I like to do is let the players see the monster in some way, in a way that they're like, they, they actually don't clock that it's the monster. Yeah. Like, um, there was one time I did a, a, a mystery called King of the Forest, where it was this this coffin that these my these like construction workers had dug out and on accident sort of like opened, and then we just kind of cut away from it. And then they were in a hospital at one point trying to figure out something, and there's just like a bunch of deer outside, and they were like, "Oh, hey, cool deer!" And then the deer no. just like kind of caught this person that was getting out of their car and just started eating them and they were like bad deer bad deer (laughs) if there's one thing thing i've learned never trust the deer in a horror setting ever yeah Yeah. and and so then it became a thing where they're like okay animals are not to be trusted and then there would just be times where they'd be like driving or walking and be like you like look over and you just see the the tree is full of crows that are all just like looking down at you and then it so then you kind of like let them have little bits of I am looking at my fear, but I I can't quite comprehend it yet. Yeah, it's just it's just this <laughs> ominous feeling. Yeah, um, all the birds are looking at us, and what are you gonna do? Like shoot magic missile at the bird because it's looking at you? Like yeah. <laughs> maybe I I did do that once. Yeah. but I mean to be fair. <laughs> I was being safe. Of yeah. course. <laughs> That's what you always do. You shoot first, ask uh, questions later. It's gotten you in so many... I was, I, it was the sorcerer. It's fine. Yes, they're, they're knowing. we all know the sorcerer. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> We've talked about the sorcerer in other podcasts. Uh, the thing that just makes that... That makes you want to shoot a magic missile at the crow. They don't have to do it, but you have to make them want to do it. Yeah. yeah. No. Agreed. Yeah, and... Uh, I think another thing that is interesting to play with is scarcity of resources. Um, So especially when it comes to spells and things like that, if you can get them to burn things, you know what I mean? Oh, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Then it becomes scarier (laughs) because then you, because you're slowly weakening yourself. Um, I think that it's really important because power creep is a thing and you really have Mm -hmm. to make it so that, and your players, if they're cool players and they want to be there with you doing this kind of fun genre piece, they're gonna allow it to some extent like they're probably not gonna allow you to be like and all of your weapons vanish but yeah. you could probably be like um uh 
there's different puzzles throughout it and they have to channel their magic into the puzzle or something to unlock a door somewhere else and every time they do that they expend a spell slot or something yeah or yeah. or just uh whittling down their hit points and their spell lists by like uh i think there was a like a, an unkillable mannequin in a mm. hallway oh. um and it like you had the black candle and you could only it only took damage when the candle was lit, but it yes. kept blowing out the candle. Yeah. And oh. so it just made every it like eight spell slots and hit points just a little bit here and there. What horror and show is this? It, <laughs> it was good, Greg, because like when we came in, uh, the candle was like lit in its hands and we're like, oh, that's fucking weird. And then it just went like, and we're like, oh, <laughs> oh no, no, bad. That is very good. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. I think that um, a lot of my horror that I like to do is all about the unexplainable or the unintelligible. Uh, so by giving somebody a story that even when they get to the end of it, maybe they don't have all the pieces still, and you're just sort of like, that fucking still creeps me out. But it's like I, the way that that happens seems so foreign or strange. Like yeah. in the Devochka house, even when we left, we were like, we sort of had the, the rough edges of what happened in the house. Yeah. But we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, we just what actually get happened? Out of here. Yeah. Uh, they, um, uh, I also amazing. <laughs> it was, I, I want to go live there. there. We're gonna camp out. I, I will have to I'll, have some s'mores. <laughs> I'll cast a forgetful spell on you. You'll have to forget this whole conversation. I'll run it for you sometime. But Yay. Um, one of the things I loved about running that was uh, to set the scene. Uh, the ambiance, uh, the zombiance, and part of it was to uh, to have music in the background. The slow, uh, like cello music, and like the the deep, yeah, uh, unsettling thing, like the the high piano keys and uh, and the quick trills, and then um, you found the music box that belonged to that little ghost girl. Then I had the music yeah. box playing, and yeah. The uh, little soundtrack is it does so much, and it takes very little effort. Yeah, thirteen candles. I think thirteen candles, right? Uh, I think it's thirteen candles. Yeah, thirteen. Don't Why know. Is 13? What is thirteen Am I candles? Of thirteen ghosts. <laughs> There's 12 candles. 12, 12 candles. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Um, yeah, so 12 candles is a game that really goes into that. Sean, I think that you would fucking love it. We'll play it eventually. But uh, bring a sense to the table of ceremony and uh, mood as well. Like you were just saying, like you had everything kind of set up and we were also experiencing as we were engaged more than just the imagination, right? And so in, thir uh, in 12 Candles, what they do is they physically have 12 lit candles and everything else is like you turn off all the lights while you do it. And so you are playing in the dark and you like one of, another great thing that you do is at the very beginning, you record a message from your character uh, going out on this on this mission, like going out into this last adventure, because everyone always dies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then another thing that they do is that ev between every scene, when a candle is extinguished, um, the uh, GM will say, um, "The we know these things are true. The world is dark." And then everyone will go around for each of the candles and say something true about the world. And then at the end, uh, um, the DM says. And we are here. And then as you extinguish the, the candles, you know less and less about the world. And then eventually it's just, and the world is dark and nobody's here anymore. Wait like a second. Gone. Is this the game you wanted us to play in a Fuck cabin? Yeah, I wanted to cabin play in New Hampshire Nick, I wanted in the to middle so of the world. It just takes so long. It's like a three hour game. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, yeah. when I told you, remember when I was saying like, I, I like watching horror movies doesn't mean I want to be in one. That's like some Bloody Mary oh, stuff. Oh man, I haven't even told you about all of this. There's like so many cool mechanics mechanics also I, I probably will just do a deep dive into this game eventually but there's a mechanic where um you have these index cards with traits of your character that the group generates at the beginning and so you have a positive trait like um a natural leader and then you'll have a negative trait like alcoholic yeah. and as you go through the game if you fail a roll that either means the scene is over and you have failed and something bad is going to happen and it can be really bad. Like oh. you crash the car and break your leg and oh. then you're just in the middle of a road somewhere with a broken leg. Um, you can choose to burn one of these attributes by literally setting them on fire in one of the candles and putting them into the bowl in the middle and that attribute has been burned out of your character. So like a leader might... Um, might like a, this last thing like choose to take command of a situation and like solves the problem but is like completely like broken from it and is just like completely overwhelmed with guilt because of what he had to do in that moment and feels like he was an authoritarian and then just 
can never really function the same way again. So you literally are oh burning God. away parts of your character. It's fucking great. I love this game. It's <laughs> Sounds so cool. Charming. It's so cool, guys. I, love I, I it. can't wait to go into the uh, in a cabin in the, in the I'm not. Woods d- and, no. Uh, <laughs> God damn you all. But no. Uh, um, actually, to get back, um, what you were saying about the cabin that reminded me um, the how you don't want to be in a horror movie. Uh, well, the people who are in horror movies and stuff, they don't know that they're in a horror movie yeah. Yeah, until it's too late. Yeah. Uh, and that's when the haunting is started. Otherwise, it's like, oh, this is a weird thing. Oh, this yeah. is Because uh, as humans, we love to brush off the abnormal. Have you ever, like, been just in your, your house and you hear a weird noise and you pause and you just – your ears perk All up, your time. eyes get wide? And nothing happens for three seconds and you go about doing what you're doing? Yeah. Like a deer in the woods? <laughs> and you don't know – just because somebody didn't make another noise doesn't mean you're not going to get axe murdered. It's like you like perk up and then you're like, ah, oh, nothing. And then you kind of sneeze and someone behind you goes, bless you. Exactly. <laughs> like so so the, the people in the horror movies don't know that they're in horror movies until. So uh, maybe don't tell your players that you're running a horror yeah, thing or, until yeah. they do. Like if you're running Curse of Strahd or whatever, yeah. then it's pretty obvious. Uh, but maybe they don't know. That's what I think is great about like doing a throwing like a horror like in a campaign like say I don't know Forgotten Realms or something like that when you because you don't necessarily expect it's going to be like a horror campaign a campaign with like Ravenloft well if you didn't know what you're getting into I don't know what to tell you but when you're going to yeah as you're like hey it's Forgotten Realms you're doing stuff like I could see shades going hey there's this one house in the middle of Waterdeep yeah, you go exactly. in there the door shuts and it's like. Oh, oh geez, fuck. We, yeah, yeah, we we goofed up. We goofed up bad. Um, and we it's done just, goofed. We done goofed. It's uh, so you know, and it's a great way to surprise somebody. You know, you throw some horror when usually there isn't because Senfi gets a new patron. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> how many patrons does, do they have? It's, There's there is kind of like an interesting thing too, where I this is a problem that I have always solved by doing bad things to. Um, <laughs> the characters like friends and stuff like that like basically causing the consequences of actions to affect everyone around my characters instead of my characters directly because I found that if you if you hurt a character too much and I think that Shade is a perfect example of this because (laughs) (laughs) Sebney has been murdered so many times (laughs) to the point now where Shade's like yeah, he died. <laughs> to be like, yeah, hey, it happened again. Like that that sort of um, mental framing that people naturally do when something bad happens to them like yeah. continuously, that they have to like shift their framing to be like, this is okay. Yeah. Like you can't really let that happen to your players because then if that happens, then your biggest tool of, hey, something bad is going to happen to you if you yeah. don't deal with it. Then that is, you know, taken off the table if they're like, okay. You know, yeah. so you have to kind of. It's a really tight balance of bad things are can happen to you, and bad things are happening, and you have to experience them without completely disassociating. It's right. Very. Yeah. Tight. It's like you can't you can't kill too many NPCs. Yeah. Uh, to show that there's consequences, because then they're like, oh, another one. Yeah. Because uh, you can't and then fall in love with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Really yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been hurt before. It's like, yeah, it's beco- becoming numb to a situation is, is the arch enemy of horror, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I had a uh, a moment of this, which was really interesting, I feel like. Um, I've talked about it in the past on the podcast, because I only have like five stories in my life. But, <laughs> but it was a, a, a mystery where I was running with Franco, and Franco's character was inside of her own mind, and all of the other players were kind of this like kind of corruption that was trying to turn her into like a a dark version of herself, but she didn't know that the other players were in on it. Right. And so there was a moment where they were in her mind and in her memories. And she was meeting with her grandma who was making her the doll that she's had with her the whole campaign. And Franco, the player, um, uh, was like, I don't know what to do. And then the other like characters were like, you have to fucking kill her. Obviously, you have to kill your grandma. Look, she's trying to give you the doll that's caused all of this pain and all this stuff. You monsters. And then, yeah, and then and, and then Franco is like, uh, God, I don't know. This feels wrong, but I don't know what to do. And I could just see him like kind of like the, the circuits like breaking and like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I... To this, to this day, I don't know if it was 100% successful or not because the, the trick of it was you just have to make 
good, noble decision, selfless acts, and you would basically start to weaken the monsters when you finally have to deal with them. But the the influence <laughs> of his player friends being like, you should do this. And Franco being like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> it's like, so I, I, I think it was an interesting episode, but I'm not 100% sure if it was super successful when it comes to terror or fear. But it was like really interesting. <laughs> this well, explains mean, a lot because I remember in the Yargot campaign, Oh, yeah, that also happened. Yeah, that happened (laughs) where they took them away. I was not in on this, but a number of people were, and my character was like, what's going on? I was already... What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? I was already freaked out because we were surrounded by worms. Not my favorite thing. (laughs) Famously. Famously not my favorite thing. Um, Though I will say Franco did not... I thank you, Franco, for not venturing into trauma because we don't want to traumatize <laughs> yeah. people. We want to get yellow lights, not right. red lights, not, yeah. yes. not red lights. We didn't go Every there. Time. But the thing about it was, is that, yeah, he had told, I know shade. I can't remember. Were you in on? I don't know. No, I knew we're not, not in it. I was 100%. You were in on it. And there's this one point where I, my character is like so paranoid and it's like, which one of you? And I'm like, and I remember I'm like, which one of you rat bastards is like, like in on this and yeah. then Shay just patted me on the shoulder like his character like it's okay and I just drew my sword like oh my god get away from me yeah. I'm gonna start stabbing you all and I was part of it was it, it was that perfect blend of like that's how my character would react but it's also kind of like how I was feeling like, <laughs> yeah, like get away yeah, yeah, what's yeah. going on and it's just like this because again when you that is a great way of doing it because a monster is one thing but when it's your friends you you don't know. It's, yeah. We've oh. talked about this in a previous episode too, where it's like a fine line where it's a good, it, it is a little bit of a gimmick and you want to do it sparingly and for a point because yeah. if you're, if you're taking away agency of a kid, yeah, 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 like yeah, boring yeah. for the people. That yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. but if they're, ha- if the people are into it, if they're then into it's it, so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of into it. <laughs> that was, you're like, oh my god, is it Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> this is horrible, but I love it. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a weird guy. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's 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 why we're fans of horror because it's uh, they're it, they're horrible things that happen, but we we love it. We love when the uh, the 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 stupid jock gets uh, cut in half with a chainsaw yeah. because he just deserves it. He didn't. He's like, he's not a real person. He didn't deserve it, but. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> there was, if there's anybody's gonna go. Yeah, I I agree with that in a lot of ways, but I would also sometimes I also caution that too because one of the things that I I've realized what I really like about horror is I I feel like for me horror is really horror and empathy are really important things. Yeah, I was about when, to say because when I care about a because when I watch a movie I don't unless they're like a walking talking complete scumbag and even and when that happens it's kind of hard to view them as a character as an archetype when i like a character i really want them to live and the horror is like they're so close to getting away please run please run it's like when that's why i again i love halloween so much because i really want jamie lee curtis to get away from michael myers it's (laughs) just yeah and when she's really desperate and she's crying i'm just like oh that poor woman just just yes stab him stab him in the face run run out of the closet and it's just it's it's such a it, and I, you want them to be engaged because otherwise it's just it's a murder fest, and that's not that's not what horror is about. You you're you're rooting, you're rooting for folks. You're rooting, you're tooting. You do need to root for the folks. You do need to. Uh, well, that's what makes it uh, really fun in a TTRPG setting is because you are the folks that you're rooting for. Yeah, and it's easier to root for you. It's, yeah, it's, and and uh, your exactly, friends. Yeah. and yeah. your friends because you don't want to see uh, your your friend who is the jock and he's the fighter. Um, but he's your friend, and he's like, oh, he's a really good dude. I didn't yeah. mean the butt, but like, just and he is your friend, <laughs> and he's uh, your friend. But it, and so you don't want him to be cut in half by the chainsaw either. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, the other jock's fine. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's. <sighs> I I will say that from a purely mechanical point, that this just popped into my head as you guys were talking, um, especially for things like D and D. Horror is a place where you can't use nat ones in the ways that you use in other settings or <laughs> genres because it, it you can't just be like nat one, you you drop the key, it goes down like a sewer grate or this is a bad example because you can do that. Yeah, um, you yeah, can't definitely. be like um, the monster catches up with you and kills you. It's like just not very fun. Like you can't have the the consequence be 
as bad as it might be in other types of right. campaigns. Yeah. Um, but the example I just gave is like if you're like fumbling with the keys and you're trying to unlock a door and you roll in that one or whatever, maybe you drop them, maybe they go into the sewer grate and you have to figure out another way out of the situation. Yeah. That is the way you can just – I would always suggest using failures as just making the situation harder but not more lethal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, more tense, more yeah. dreadful. Yeah. Uh, you you fail to do a thing and the room gets darker somehow. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. There's yeah. such a great book. Um it's it is a kids book. I love it so much. Um it's called Lockwood and Company and there is a part in it because it's um the idea is that the world is filled with ghosts that only people before they go through puberty can really see. Oh. But the ghosts if they touch you even if you're an adult, you fucking die. Like you just turn blue, you swell up and you die. It's oh called my. ghost touch. And so the way the world has dealt with this is they send in these like gangs of little kids into these haunted houses to try to solve the, the where the ghosts are coming from and destroy whatever, uh, whatever like relics are creating them. Uh, so the adults can go and live there. So it's just these like prepubescent like people going into these horrifying situations and trying to get through it together. And there's this moment where they're in this room and like everything just starts bleeding, like the walls and the ceiling and every single drop of the, this blood is a ghost. And if it touches them, they die and they have to get out of the room without touching any of this like rain of blood that's coming down all the walls. It's the best. It's so good. Parents are the worst. Yeah. If anyone, (laughs) if anyone wants to read a book about setting a tone of like dread, fucking Lockwood and company. So good. It's Uh, a quick read too, but literally it's for kids. (laughs) I think, and that's, oh man. And I love ghosts so much because what I, what's great about ghosts too, is that, you know, they're the perfect blend of like, I feel like empathy and horror because sometimes ghosts are like these, they're not always necessarily malevolent. Like sometimes they're, they're just the, uncaring. Yeah, they're unca- yeah. they're uncaring, or they or they care too much, or they were innocent and they got trapped in these situations yeah. that are repeat, and you feel bad. But because they were victims that are in pain, they are lashing out, and they could come for you. And it's just, it's like the you don't know whether to hug or run away screaming. It's yeah. uh goes to great. <laughs> yeah, and I think that at the end of uh, at the end of the day, what I try to do with horror campaigns is make sure that whatever trials you put the characters through, that at the end, that they, it's sort of like, uh, the the adventure wasn't the horrible monster, it was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My friends There's... are monsters, that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Especially you, Sean. I, I, that's <laughs> only slightly, only when I'm DMing, but in a good way, I'm yeah. fair. Uh, no, and, and, and um, speaking of books and, uh, but, like get good inspiration from yes. like, oh, yeah. books and don't be afraid uh, of it, man. Like no. borrow, steal, uh, re remold. Borrow what, from a library. What, yeah, no. go to the library. Go uh, check out some stuff and just reform what you read and what you what media you put into your into your brain uh, and make it your own and and just turn it into something that your your players are going to to love and be horrified by. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the best way to transpose rather than to directly steal which is not a bad thing just right, yeah. like you can totally do that um but if you're reading something or you're like oh that's spooky i want to do it just just do the extra step of like what what about that makes me creep exactly. out and then just create that situation in the just game f- like why is this creepy why is this uh, give me the the heebie-jeebies because is it a dark room is it the spiders is it the uh whatever it is is it that like you heard like footsteps going down to the basement and the washing machine start and be like oh it's mom and then the mom like walks in it's like hey are you doing laundry and it's like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) and so then you take that and you're like hey the the tavern you're like all sitting in tavern late at night and like there's like like you know footsteps down the the stairs and then you hear somebody like chopping meat at the cutting block downstairs in the kitchen and they're all like oh it must be the tavern keeper and then the tavern keeper comes out and is like why are you guys doing so late at night why are you cutting all this meat and they're they're all like shit yeah this is this is actually why i have cats so whatever i hear in the house i'm like that was the cat (laughs) it's just like okay it's the cat cat. i don't have to be scared although i did that once and the cats are both in the room with me i was like Mm, then what was that? No, this is... See, I'm actually <laughs> dreading the cat thing because last night I was just hanging around in my house and I was turning things off and my cat was staring, like, intently at the basement door. And it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, Audrey, what you doing? Just staring at the door. And it's just like... 
No, I... Man, this is... No, nah, cats just stare at doors they're not allowed behind. It's the thing. Oh, okay. That's, if <laughs> that's you, what I tell myself. If you say so. Yes, that's... Uh, God, I have no comfort now. <laughs> so, as we get to the end here, uh, if we could just, like, go around and name some, like, things of inspiration that, would, like, re- has really helped you or shaped your sense of horror or dread or things like that, things that people might want to steal from, transpose, or just, like, um, some, like, tips and tricks uh as we kind of close out here let's start with you greg what, what do you got for Ooh, us that's dangerous a lot of encyclopedia there of like <laughs> now man i just i'll just say quickly like one of the reasons i love horror is just because i just love monsters i feel like if part of me wants to be like the david attenborough of like horror <laughs> like man this thing i love like, a cryptid man yeah. i love a cryptid cryptid it's fascinating it's just but uh if i had to do things like Again, going back to the ambiguity and the frightening, like Shirley Jackson's The House on Haunted Hill. Mm. I love that. Um, I love the book. Um, the miniseries is pretty good, uh, but just like ghosts and just the feelings of loneliness and just isolation and dark hallways. Big, <laughs> you know, big themes of, of loneliness and isolation. Oh, and dark hallways. Those dark, are really scary. <laughs> you know what? Are really scary. I can't they really are. There's only two Fuck directions man. to run. You tell me wrong. The dark hallways are always awful. Yeah, you, you literally have forward and back, and neither of them are good. <laughs> um, going, I guess the other thing, like... Uh, Spielberg's Jaws. I mean, just when you can never see that shark and it's just like dragging things. Also, the ocean's just terrifying. The ocean man. is terrifying. Yeah. Just throw, throw them at the ocean. That's what's going to work. Just uh, have the ocean involved. And uh, then finally, I guess if I have to name like one other source, it would be, um, you know, I just I just love gothic horror. Like, yeah. give me my... Give me my dark castles, my, you know, my the vampires, the things that, you know, again, it's just to joke, like, it's the... It's the reflection of like the darkness within and yeah. just uh you know um and just showing people what they'd rather st- have stayed buried yeah. and that's just uh you can't go wrong there <laughs> what about you Sean uh you know i really like the um the idea that you can't trust the people around you yeah. uh even though you should be able to uh like, movies like uh, it follows where mm, only you can one. see the ghost yeah. and you don't, and they just look, maybe they look like a normal person just in the crowd, but suddenly they're on you and they're throwing oh, you through the be, air. That'd be such a or, cool thing to do where you like, like one person in the party has an item that allows them to see the ghost or whatever. And like everyone else can't see it. It's, yeah, that's fun. It's, yeah, tense, it's tension building. And then, um, uh, and, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing mm. where it's isolation. Oh you can't God. trust anybody around you. Uh, this thing is nigh unkillable except with flames. Uh, you know, it's. It's it's uh it's I think it's maybe Greg's second favorite. Horror I can't movie believe we we took this long to talk about the thing. <laughs> no, I no, fail I, at, at life. No no no. I was saving the thing for last because it's my favorite horror movie. Um, it's, so great. it's just because there's no nobody makes a bad move in that yeah. entire movie, and it's, it's still the still, bad move to make. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's just because you can't trust anybody, and yeah. you can you can tell everybody like, no, I'm fine. I am not an evil thing alien creature but who's gonna believe you it's that constant thing of like uh the prove to me that you exist sort of mindset yeah, where yeah. i know that i exist but yeah. i can never prove that to you sort of exactly thing. Yeah. uh and that that uh to me is one of the scariest things ever was when yeah. you can't you don't know if you can trust the friends around you which is why i think that that thing uh that uh that franco did to greg uh was was so Very scary yeah. franco if you're hearing this uh, i simultaneously <laughs> you rat bastard yeah I, I both love and hate you at the same time and i will have my revenge <laughs> but um yeah no it's not to mention the isolation in that one too because no, you cannot go anywhere you, can't, you have to, to deal go. with yeah i think that for me um the last thing i'll leave folks with is to really think of the senses because that's how we ex- experience our world and to really the way that we uh feel comfortable dealing with something or at least cognizant of how we can deal with something is if we can use all of our senses to to kind of suss something out and yeah. so like you said when the reason why you have cats is that if you hear something you're just like it's a cat <laughs> it's like yeah. because you only have That's one of your think. senses being activated but if you saw and heard something then it becomes a little bit more real if you it's saw to heard disprove. and touch something if, you, if yeah. there's a strange smell in the air yeah if, yeah if it's sudden if it's just damp in your room suddenly and there's a strange smell and you hear a noise behind you that's a lot of things it's hard to discount that yeah or out of the corner of your eye you're like you think you saw something but 
maybe you didn't or maybe you did yeah and and then that's the last thing i would say is that um i really love reading short horror fiction it's so funny that you said that you're like so into short horror because even if you just go into like creepy pastas or like the scp foundation things Mm -hmm. inside all of them are like the core of an idea that you can take and run something with it's like really really fun um whether it's just like hey you always have to look at it and if you don't then it's gonna move or that there's like a back room dimension that you start in there and there's something in there as well and it's just gonna fuck you up if it finds you and you gotta get out like there's a ton of things that you yeah, can just you can, take it's great you can do uh you can do one shots with it you can do long campaigns with it and just sprinkle yeah. these things throughout uh an overarching you know uh plot it's there's so many things to do. So yeah. many things. And yeah. don't and don't tell too much is the last thing I would say is yeah. like definitely. Is like uh, give them a little bit it, but if they're like I don't I don't understand what what's going on that's totally fine to be like yeah. I don't know yeah. <laughs> like, it's to be you I'm here yeah. and I know everything yeah, yeah. exactly uh, or, yeah. yeah what is the um uh not seeing the monster is always scarier because your yeah. imagination just goes nuts yeah and just l- l- let your players imaginations go wild my <laughs> imagination is very sadistic I don't know why I keep going to this <laughs> so the last thing I, I want to say just because that popped a story into my brain was um there was a, a time where I was running a part of a campaign where they went into a, an alternate reality version of the town that they were in and everything was like horrible and apocalyptic and spooky and like things were monsters were running around and then the video store that they uh, usually went to called the Video Rodeo in the normal reality was just a blockbuster in the other <laughs> reality and I was like and it's just a perfect blockbuster and it has power where all of the other like buildings don't have power and it's like immaculate and you see like the beautiful paint and for some reason they were like that fucking is horrible <laughs> it's like, the, it's like it just blasted the blasted out town a perfect blockbuster with just this guy inside that had like a little name tag being like hey what are you guys renting kind of thing it was like the worst part it was great I loved it oh god well thank you guys for this horror palooza yeah it yeah. was horrible to be here oh no, it was, there it we go great. I'm not gonna even try I yeah. can't do this <laughs> I'm sure that we've only scratched the surface but I think this is like a, a, a really great intro to horror and thank you guys for joining me in halloween town we will talk to you soon uh see you soon bye bye Bye. well there you have it our first episode about running horror campaigns and sessions i love this topic so we're going to talk a lot more about it in the future so consider this a part one if anything As always, if you like the show, please like and subscribe to us on whatever podcast distribution thing that you are using. If that's on Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating. And if you want to review us, that would be awesome on Spotify. You know, share it around as well. Give us that like, everything that you can do there. Thanks so much again for being part of our awesome community. And if you have any questions, please send them to us at tabletoppedpodcast at gmail.com or at tabletopped on Twitter. We do read our DMs. We do read our Gmails. And we would love to respond to you. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week with another bonus episode of Tabletopped.